How's it going, everyone? Wayne the Unknown here, and welcome to another episode of Cosplay Con Talk, where we basically discuss everything pertaining to the cosplay community and conventions. Tonight, we are doing a uh, second panel called Autism and Cosplay. I am joined here by AJ McConnell, aka Solstice Cosplay, Bob Greenwade, who is also known as the One Eyed Cosplayer, if I'm not mistaken. That's what you said your handle is going to be, right? Uh, one eye cosplay. Okay. And also, I'm joined by Iro Senpai. How are we all doing tonight? Hello. Doing all right. How are you, Wayne? Uh, I'm good. Above average. I'm doing well. Again, um, thank you all for coming. We are going to be talking about basically what to be aware of when it comes to autism and the cosplaying community. And first off, I'll be starting with Solstice. Um, from someone who, you know, does have autism what are some of the uh, challenges you know that come with you know having autism and going to conventions and cosplaying um mm. well uh oh no i got put on the spot and then i panic <laughs> it's okay um, <laughs> take, take your time there this is this is this is to be like an hour-long podcast at least yeah. just to cover all the bases yeah so i i was diagnosed uh, pretty late in life. Um, I was about 27. Um, and, uh, and so I've, I've gone a lot of my life without actually knowing, uh, why I seem to have such trouble with certain things and such ease with other things. Um, so it's new. I'm still figuring it out. Um, but in general, uh, Things I have to be aware of are, are uh, well, social norms are really big um, because it's so many people all in the same place and pretty much all of us are weird in our own way. And so the social norms are a bit skewed uh, from, from what I usually deal with in, in just regular everyday life. And so adjusting to the new expectations and doing that on the fly, because, you know, you go for a long time without going to a con and you know the basic rules, but there are always intricacies within those rules. And I don't necessarily pick those up the way other people do. And so that's something that I really try and be aware of uh, so that I behave properly and make sure that other people are comfortable with me being at the con. Another thing that I need to be aware of is something like noise and then an uncomfortable cosplay will take a lot out of me. Um, and it, it'll, it'll end in like a, a migraine at the end of the day or total overload if I'm not careful. I think that's so. uh, one thing, you know, you definitely, you know, got to be careful with, especially when you're in big crowds and at a con. Yeah. Um, same question for uh, Bob here. Um, like, what are some of the things that, you know, when you, you and how long um, have you been diagnosed with autism? Like, when did you find out? Um, well, I kind of find out, found out, um, uh, um, well, first came came to my attention uh, watching 
uh, Terminator the Sarah Connor when uh, it, it was postulated by somebody who did not know that Summer Glau's character was a, was a, was actually a robot, um, that she may have had uh, Asperger's syndrome. And then I saw it uh, um, mentioned a little bit uh, uh, later on another show, and I started to wonder. And so I, I looked up the basics on it and thought that does kind of describe me. It's kind of close. And... Uh, had a uh, psychiatrist query me, and he wouldn't really specialize in in uh, autism disorders, but uh, uh, he um, he pretty much agreed that I did um, that I did meet the criteria. So I, uh, um, I you know started educating myself as much as I could on it, and this is like um, oh I think it was the, like the mid to late knots. I uh, don't remember exactly when, but, uh, and of course, that since then, um, Asperger's has become not a thing, according to the American Psychiatric Association. It's all rolled together into um, autism spectrum disorder. Um, what I, um, what I have tended to have the, the worst problem with um, is uh, my sensory issues and uh, difficulty with the uh, um, social interactions, um, and you can you can tell because of the, my hesitation of my speech, and I'm getting a little uncomfortable talking talking this way um, out broadcasting it out. But I do want um, I do want everybody to understand. Yeah, I'm on the autistic spectrum, um, and uh, there are certain things you watch out with me. I'm going to to fumble um, every so often in in social interactions. I can be um, yeah, I can be tooling along just fine, and then all of a sudden, um, take a take a right turn into the right into the ocean. Um, now, what kind of uh, what kind of effect has it had when you've when it's come to cosplaying? Um, not a whole lot so far, but then I've only been to two cons so far: Rose City Comic Con in 2013 and 2019. Um, I've kind of. Uh, I, and I tend, kind of tend to keep to myself a little bit anyway. And I'll start up, I may get into a conversation with one or two people at a, at a time, a brief conversation. And uh, not, I have to be careful to not get into anything too deep. That's something that uh, um, I have the advantage of being um, an, an older person on the spectrum. That I managed to, to learn how to adjust myself to my uh, neurotypical friends and peers. Um, one thing I am being aware of is uh, not so much my noise sensitivities, which uh, in terms of, in in terms of a cosplay uh, convention or type of situation, that'll mostly be like any kind of sirens or alarms and so forth. Um, the other noises going on, are, I'm I'm okay with, but uh, I also tend to be overly sensitive to cold. And not sensitive enough to heat. So if I'm if I bundled up too much in the warm weather, I will tend to dehydrate. Um, but if I'm not bundled up enough in the cold, I will be miserable <laughs> and cranky. Oh, don't so, want that. So I'm I'm hoping like to go to uh, start going to Wizard World, uh, which in Portland is in January. Ooh, that's a really big con. Yeah, but uh, I will not be cosplaying anything like 
uh, my Doctor Midnight costume, which uh, involves a lot of spandex. Oof. You know, no no bare skin outside in January for me. Oh, man, that's definitely going to love. Um, same question. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, and you know, yeah, I kind of have to be sure that the, the that things fit comfortably and and uh, and so forth and. and uh, um, I've kind of had a um, little bit of bladder problems all my life, and being a man over 50 hasn't helped. Oh, so I had to be sure that anything I wear is going to be easy to get out of the, in the restroom. Oh, That's yeah, no. Always. I think I, uh, no, sorry. That's something you have to be aware of as, as, uh, you know, as a man over 50 and in general. <laughs> but uh, a lot of us on the spectrum don't quite – don't quite feel those parts properly. So oh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, before I get to Eris here, I think um, anyone who wears spent any kind of cosplay, like make sure that it's easy to get out of if you have to go to the bathroom or something. I yeah, think we can is... all agree here on that. <laughs> yeah, those are the two big tips really, are, are make sure you can use the restroom and make sure it's weather appropriate. All that too. But uh, weather appropriate is even more important for us on the spectrum who might perceive temperature differently than oh, definitely years. definitely um same question for you eros what are some of the challenges uh and stuff you have face while cosplaying and everything for me i wasn't also diagnosed until my 20s my later 20s but i had so many people supporting me in the meantime so i was raised more neurotypical so i could pick up on the though yeah i used to get phone calls at my elementary from my elementary school to my mom almost daily then by the time i hit high school it kind of mellowed out into oh i'll try to branch out i'll try to be sociable and now i do cosplay for the past almost decade and there's still some days that i feel really uncomfortable making costumes because i'm like am i good enough am I good enough this doesn't feel right no and it's just more of a mental thing but yeah living when you're living with autism and not knowing it and your parents i swear my parents have known being obsessed with me being obsessed with godzilla and everything else and collecting toys i get to for years and years at like how old <laughs> <laughs> seriously i saw the godzilla movies at seven and i couldn't stop <laughs> i love them to death now, if I'm not mistaken, you've done, uh, you have books on this kind of stuff too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. I actually, one of my quirks I have, I like to call it quirk, is I like to research things. So I like researching horror movies or I like researching psychology. And I've actually been to a conference about like social learning. It's an actual program. And my current job is working in a college. So I determined, okay. If I can afford it, I'm going to get into fashion design and psychology because that goes hand. Plus, I already own way too many psychology books not to use them. Nice. Um, so imagine that also helps as well for those who are curious and everything. Um, back to AJ. Um, when it comes to cosplay in general, like what are your comfort cosplays when it comes, you know, when, you know, being on the spectrum and everything what kind of cosplays do you prefer doing gosh um at this point i don't really feel like i have any comfort cosplays like they're all uncomfortable 
to, to some degree, um, especially since I'm usually carrying a backpack around con. Um, I'll forget to drink water as well. I'll run out of energy and need to eat immediately because I couldn't feel that I was hungry for like three hours. Um, so it's just, it's something that I know is going to happen. So I try and make them as comfortable as possible. Um, I think probably one of my most comfortable cosplays is um, Oscar Pine from Ruby uh, because it's mostly just regular clothes. Well, they're sort of, they're sort of ratty clothes, but um, the only uncomfortable bit about it is the wig and then also I'm wearing leather gloves most of the time, so I have to take those off if I need to use my phone or something. So that one's pretty comfortable overall. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, honestly, never comfortable in cosplay. Yeah. I, I just have to try and mitigate it. Do the best you can and make the best of the situation while at con and everything. Yep. Um, same question for you, Bob. Um, what is your comfort cosplay? Because I know, like, you know, AJ said, there really isn't one, but I'm sure you have one. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm kind of on the opposite end where nothing I have is really especially uncomfortable. Um, but of course, if, if I have something where the garment is comfortable, I'll find a, a substitute that is more comfortable. Um, let's see, I have my, uh, that, you know, that MIB cosplay that you were using as the, uh, as my thumbnail for this. And uh, it's the exact same suit that I wear as the shadow. Um, and that one is, uh, is, is pretty nice. It's a, it's a very, very old suit. Um, and I've, uh, I've tried on the Harpo Marks. I, did, I have a hard time finding any hats that will fit um, is, uh, is my big thing. And I just really, I am looking at the, at the costumes that I have in here, including a couple that uh, um, I, you know, still underway, and I don't really see anything there that is un that is uncomfortable. I am not looking forward to uh, some of the uh, um, heavier and un more unbalanced ones that I have in my queue, so I'm not. I may not go to those, but I really am looking forward to wanting to do Honda Onaka, for example, Ooh. and <laughs> I have yet to see how that's going to go and. Didn't I say earlier that the ad's a cat? Just before we went on, I said if there's a cat or a dog or a small child in within 25 feet of a microphone, there will, will be a problem. She's <laughs> supposed to be behind two closed doors. She's, <laughs> she's, she's, I remember during our, uh, the very first episode, she was just going off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like a fire hydrant. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <sighs> Oh, yeah, there is that cat. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. It's, it's pretty well. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good in in that area. It it helps a lot though if I'm able to um, accommodate my uh, my injured eye. But we can talk about that. That doesn't that doesn't have to do with uh, autism. We can talk oh, about yeah, that for the next disabilities. What looking forward to? Um, yeah. same question. Um, for Eros, you know, with being um being autism. Uh, on the spectrum and everything 
Uh, what are your comfort cosplays? Surprisingly, my most comfortable cosplays have to be like bodysuits, just because I could move around more. So I have cosplayed Gwenpool, and it was really, really fun because I got to wear a bodysuit. I got to have like props with me, and it was really comfy. Like people thought it was uncomfortable being in a bodysuit. I'm like, no, like this costume and non non, they're amazing. They don't feel that heavy, and they're great for the weather. Now, if I have to wear Mimic You again, I can't wear it in a hot location full of people sometimes because it's so hot underneath. I wear two petticoats with it. Oh my! So I am a literal. I am a literally a spooky cupcake, according to my book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a cupcake. <laughs> yeah, the spooky cupcake is so warm that's just gonna hurt you <laughs> because I would. Um, can't do that body suit it's weird like the more skin type something is in cosplay i'm fine but if it's not it sometimes it feels like i'm gonna roast in this thing you know because mm. the lighting and i don't have my glasses on that's probably my my business craft but i still like for two to three days will not wear glasses because of costuming then i learned the hard way that ruined description um, back to that. That brings up a, a a a comment that I have, if I could. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Um. So I have a cosplay, my my Diana cosplay from Sailor Moon, and I made, um, I made a corset for it. It's a custom corset, and um, eventually it kind of overloaded my my senses, but for. For a good portion of the day, that one actually felt like just a constant hug. So it was actually surprisingly comfortable in that respect, even though I was actually wearing three petticoats oh, and oh, hugely wow. overheating. Oof. You had three? That's not. You should yeah, see her skirt. Out. It's standing straight out. I remember oh, um, yes. if mm -hmm. I remember uh, during uh, the podcast, that's actually one of the photos that's being shown. Yep. Uh, that just. I mean, it looked yeah. comfortable, but I never would have guessed that there were three petticoats underneath that thing. Well, yeah, I don't have many photos of the the full body one, but that actually that brings up a really interesting thing that I'm I'm learning about with um, with autism, and that's that um, I respond really well to deep pressure, so really tight hugs, and um, that that kind of squeeze that that pops your back. Um, and I mean, like if someone's sitting on, on my lap, that sort of thing, it just, it calms me a lot. And so that corset, even though the rest of the cosplay is not comfortable, that corset is actually really comforting to me nice. uh, until it becomes too much. And that brings my next question starting, you know, what are, I know with people with autism, they they have that like one or a few things that actually calms them down when, you know, for me, when I feel like so much is going on, like just a whole lot's going on, I can't process it or loud noises or something. For me, it's listening to music or just gaming or something, um, which helps calm, calms me down. Uh, I had an experience once when I was working uh, at Burger King. <laughs> My boss decides to put me in the front drive-thru, and mind you, I've never worked front drive-thru before. We were busy with customers, you know, in the drive-thru, and then hearing the stuff in the background. I basically went into full panic mode, and I just could not handle it. 
So the best thing I could do is just go into a quiet area and just, you know, try to calm myself down. That's what you do. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I usually, I try and take off, like, if I have a backpack or a purse or a jacket that, that I can remove without, you know, being indecent. Um, that's usually a good first step. Uh, if I can put earplugs in, I usually forget earplugs. Um, but if I can, then it's a, it's a good coping mechanism. Um, if I can shut out other people, and if I can forget that I am in cosplay for the appearance and just sort of let myself relax, because I'm almost never relaxed in cosplay. I, it, I'm tense all the time because I'm, I'm trying to look like this character and this character never relaxes because they're not real. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's something that I'm constantly aware of. So if I can forget about that for a little bit and just be okay with not presenting myself to people um, and shut out noise and I'm not so much bothered by uh, visual input but sometimes it can it can be a little overwhelming at cons because there are so many colors and things going on and then if I can forget about masking uh, which uh, for listeners that aren't familiar masking is the act of pretending to be neurotypical um, and for different people it takes different levels of energy and for it on different days um but it always takes some energy and uh now that i actually know that it's a thing that i i do by default having not known that i was autistic for most of my life uh now i know that i can actually turn it off i think most people don't realize that they're autistic i mean for a long time until they're older like you know, you, you could have it your whole life, not even know it until you get older. And when you see it, like you learn about it, it's like, oh, that makes sense, kind of thing. <laughs> A lot of us who are at the at the mild to moderate range are can be like that. Um, it, um, I'm tend to be a little bit uh, closer to the moderate, at the low end of moderate. Yeah, personally, I don't, I don't like functioning labels because. I mean, some days I am nonverbal and completely not functional, and some days you would never even know if you weren't looking for it. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I I've never been to a, a point where I was com like uh, completely nonverbal, and there have been a few people who have uh, uh, regretted that, but. I feel like everyone has their own way. Some people will, um, <laughs> some uh, people, is, some people will like, shut the themselves that, out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, start throwing small objects in my general direction. But, uh, that is one thing that, that does kind of, um, help calm me when I'm starting to get overload is just, uh, um, finding the humor in something. Um, you know, just being able to just, you know, cut loose and do March cosplay. You run around and uh, uh, kind of pester people in character. 
a little bit, especially if they're especially if they're dressed as somebody like Deadpool, <laughs> and they kind of, they can be expecting it. Now, um, for my next uh, question, or, uh, oh, sorry, uh, there was one fellow who was at 2019 who was dressed as Batman, and that would have been an interesting interaction because he had a good sense. He seemed to have a real good sense of humor. Um, <laughs> the other things, if I could find a, um, the more serious things, if I could find a place to uh, uh, go where it is just uh, quiet and still, um, and just kind of sit there for 15 to 20 minutes or so, that really kind of helps me center and get ready for the rest of the day. Um, I used, I uh, tend to do that when I'm in a, in an on-stage production. I make sure the director and my castmates know I need to go off just before we go on for about uh, for a period of time. And uh, the Majestic here in Corvallis has uh, a, a stairway on at the stage right that doesn't connect to anything else, and I can just go over there and not be bothering people knowing I'm there. Well, that's so that's a um, good thing. And and that is good. So I'm. For uh, for future cons, I'm getting a, a hotel or motel rather um, as close to the venue as I can, so I only have a couple blocks to walk if I need to go decompress for a bit. And um, and that's what that's kind of my uh, fall else fails thing. One, one thing I've discovered <clears throat> um, really helps a lot if uh, if I'm getting overwhelmed by the crowd is to get into um, an interesting conversation with just one or two people. And basically keep yourself distracted yeah it kind of gets me distracted and kind of focused on one thing and um i can kind of forget about everything going on i could if uh, if i'm being interesting enough which is not guaranteed um i will uh, then we can keep the conversation going for half an hour and i'll be great um same question for eros what is that one thing when you know it just things get really stressful and overwhelmed for you at a con what is the one thing you do to uh, decompress? I decompress by going to like the manga room if it's like a, a convention, or I go to like outside if it's outside the convention center. I go to an area where there's really nobody. Not even like the photographers go down there. I just walk around. I walk a full lap and come back in. And it's a lot easier for me to do that now but before i was too embarrassed to i yes i admit i met kid because no one knew i had it and according to scientific studies girls are not diagnosed as much so really we, yes males are usually diagnosed before girls because girls if they grow up they're attention hungry and all that fun stuff they like to write in books which is total bull crap you know but women get diagnosed in their 20s on average i've discovered since the apa the american psychology association has been working so we're not alone in this world we just don't get diagnosed until we're on our 20s or told we have adhd and that and like tons of medication you know oh, that's crazy now aj brought up a good uh, thing what does and i'm not really familiar with what does neurotypical mean Neurotypical, according to books, means a person who is neurologically generally okay. So, think about it this way. If you're neurotypical, you don't feel the same side effects of panic attacks as someone who's autistic. So, a neurotypical panic attack could be anger and all that stuff, but they are 
like, okay, calm down. As normal. But if you're autistic or you have a schizoid disorder or something, that's what the book says, um, your body takes longer to process it. Your heart will hurt faster. Your head will hurt more. It's literally ingrained into you to hurt more. Oof. It's not fun. <laughs> I, I imagine. Um, going to be going down the line here with the next question. Start with AJ. For those who aren't familiar with, you know, people who are, you know, autistic and everything, um, what's some advice that you can give to people who aren't familiar with this kind of stuff? Um, well, I think one of the first th things and perhaps one of the hardest things for a lot of people to grasp, even, uh, even a lot of autistic people, is that um, having trouble in one area does not mean that you have trouble in another. If, if I am in a place where I can't speak, it's, it's called selective mutism, um, basically where I, there's no physical reason why I can't speak. It's in my head, but that's, that doesn't mean that I'm choosing to be mute. Um, I'm still there. I'm, I'm still listening to what you're saying. Maybe I can't put words together in a way that I can communicate something to you. Um, but I, I haven't, I'm, I'm not dead to the world. And uh, some people who are autistic, uh, they, they can't speak in general, they just can't. And some people, uh, I mean, they, there are all sorts of strengths and weaknesses that autistic people have, and it's individual to each person. And just because they're not acting the way you might ex expect them to act does not mean that they're, they're deficient in some way, like a, a social way, or that they can't communicate with you. And it, it can be difficult if you don't know what to expect. Um, but it's, it's really imperative to keep in mind that first and foremost, you're interacting with a person and you probably do not know 95% of what's going on with that person, even if you're acquainted with them. Um, so there, there are people at cons uh, like me who typically you'll you'll never even see it if I'm masking. And there are people at cons who are pretty easy to spot as autistic and we're all autistic. Uh, we just react differently to the world and we have different strengths and, and different weaknesses. And we're all deserving of, this, of the same respect. Oh, most, most definitely. Um, same question for Bob. What is some advice you would like to give people out there who are not, who are not familiar with autism and everything? Like, what, what, what would you tell them to let them know, hey, this is, you know, what I have and everything. This is, you know, this is what you should know. Um, so the big thing I think to keep in mind is that um, when when we do some make some kind of social error, even if it's a big one, it's not because we don't care. 
um, it's because we just don't perceive or don't understand. Um, and here I am in my late 50s, and there are a lot of things that uh, um, I'm only now figuring out that uh, uh, teenagers take for granted. Um, we also very often don't have the same kind of emotional filters that our neurotypical friends take for granted. Um, you're, you're able to, to kind of set aside um, um, certain feelings more easily or less easily even. So yeah, an over, what appears to be an overreaction may just be what is going on with us emotionally. And uh, the other thing, and one thing which I don't think is, is often um, a mistake not often made, but uh, people should be aware of is that uh, we're not the same. Um, one autistic person is very different from any other. We'll have different, uh, different places in, in the spectrum. It's not just a one, one dimensional, this is severe and this is simple. It can be more or less severe in different areas. Uh, the, the, uh, the joke I've read is that uh, we're more different from each other than we are from neurotypicals. Um, and that's uh, um, quite the thing. Neurotypical simply is just, you know, being typical neurologically. Uh, the, the essence is anybody who's not on the autistic spectrum. So you can understand how your, all your neurotypical friends will respond. But uh, here we are, we're like 1% um, of the population, very small. And we, uh, if we're at the convention, it's because we want to be there. We want to be involved and um, we are going to make mistakes. So um, just help us through it. Um, same question for uh, Eros, um, what I asked Bob and AJ, what are some, what's some advice you'd like to give to people who aren't familiar with autism and everything? I would say for my advice, just to be patient with us. Yeah, sometimes it will take a couple of minutes for us to understand something. But in a high stretch situation, like artist alley or vendor halls or anything like a basic convention, yeah, we can adapt to that. But sometimes it's very difficult to adapt when everything's gone cuckoo crazy like lately compared to when we had conventions like almost every day or every month you know it's uh, it's a process to help teach us stuff i understand and be the people that are diagnosed they're older it's a little harder too because some people will say oh you have adhd it won't hurt you to do this and it's like it will hurt me to do this because i'm autistic and just because your brain doesn't fire off neurons that say I'm messed up doesn't mine aren't gonna I know and I know another thing is also uh not really not really not really being able to understand social cues as well exactly. oh my gosh can I say something about that yes you may I freeze I freeze so hard especially at cons and if someone like people people start all doing the same thing and I don't know how they do it and so I just stand there and watch for a while and I don't do anything until I understand what's going on it takes me a very long time 
Now, this question right here, this could this could be a double-edged sword question. What are your thoughts on people who don't have autism cosplay as characters with autism? Mm -hmm. I want to say uh, good luck finding them. Mm -hmm. um, I have a hard time even <laughs> finding fictional characters who are on the spectrum uh, who are distinctive enough to be cosplayed. Um, I know there's Newt Scamander from Fantastic Beasts, from what I was told. That character has autism. Yeah, I, um, I, I was just calling up a, uh, um, a list of fictional autistic characters. I am not seeing seeing him listed on this on the Wikipedia page. So somebody should, uh, um, somebody probably should uh, update that. Uh, don't the uh, one, the two. I only see two really distinctive characters um, that I've been able to pick out. One is uh, Billy Cranston, the Blue Ranger from the Power Rangers movie in 2017, which was beautifully portrayed by R.J. Seiler. Um, and then the other one is from a TV show. I have to scroll a little bit to find it again. A TV show that I haven't yet seen, but I'm interested in. Uh, the show is called Origin. It's on um, uh, YouTube Premium. The character is uh, Agnes Labachi. And uh, um, she's uh, she does appear to be kind of distinctive, and um, I am not finding a whole lot of others. I imagine somebody could uh, go in cosplaying Julia from Sesame Street, but uh, just the lack of uh, the lack of characters in um, in uh, in fiction who uh, who are autistic is one thing that I wanted to bring up a little later on. Oh, I I know there's uh, some protagonists anime that are, but can history of oh, we don't talk about men comes in handy. Um, yeah. Some other Gundam protagonists are autistic. I, I feel like that's something that could be discussed later down the road for a future podcast is, you know, fictional, fictional characters who do have autism. I think that would be an, make for an interesting podcast in general. Yeah, the only other... I, I... I think we could possibly include uh, um, um, Dr. Sean Murphy from The Good Doctor. Definitely, and definitely. He would be distinctive enough. He's and that is a that is another really brilliant um, portrayal. Freddie Highmore, big shout out. He is um, so good at what he does. <laughs> and oh, and I had one other in here. Uh, who was it? There have been other really good portrayals that. Uh, Uh, let's see. I think. Oh, there's a there's a character in Shira in the re rebooted Shira. Are you talking about Entrapta? Yes. Would Some be. people oh. do have problems with her as a character, but when I watched that, I I did totally pick her out as autistic. I'm, yeah, I'm. Uh, the, the producers have specifically stated that she is, and I've, I'm. That's gotten me. That's an yet another reason for me to to check out this the show. And then, of course, there's uh, Dr. Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds. Yes. As uh, as portrayed by Matthew Gray Goobler. And he's been frequently on the show, um, um, speculated as being on the spectrum, although never, um, never confirmed. Now, and most people... That's... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's really, really common, is that... Um, I mean, I've, I've seen 
threads in autistic discussion groups about who do you headcanon as autistic? And without fail, those threads are usually hundreds of comments long. Oh, wow. Because there, there's, there are so many characters who show signs or that, um, that are portrayed in a way that is so relatable uh, to the autistic community, but it's very rare to see um, to see a a uh, gosh any, any term I use here is going to be loaded, um, but a, an accurate portrayal of an autistic person in media when an autistic person wasn't involved directly in the creation of that character. Yeah, I like um, to use I use like to use the term an honest portrayal. Okay, yeah, that, um, that which is what I was speaking of. Which is what I was speaking of for like Freddie Timewar and R.J. Seiler, and uh, and um, while we're at it, uh, um, um, Ben Affleck and the accountant. Okay, I haven't seen that one yet, but yeah, so an honest portrayal, and so, I mean, a lot of the some of the characters that I cosplay, I headcanon as autistic because I see I see all of these things in their character that um, that I see in myself so much. Uh, but as far as an holistic or neurotypical person cosplaying an autistic character deliberately, I think it would have to depend on the character and on, on the portrayal. For example, um, going as something something really well known like Rain Man or the the character from What's Eating Gilbert Grape. That's that's probably not going to be a good choice. No, um, because in order to portray that character, you would have to take on the persona characteristics that that really don't belong to you and i've seen as, as a neurotypical person and yeah. I've, se I've seen both movies like props to dustin hoffman and props to you know leonardo DiCaprio. for i mean the thing is um f f interesting fact people literally thought that there was something wrong with leonardo dicaprio when that movie came out like they thought he was actually like that he did. He portrayed the character really well, too. And see, I, I haven't seen that movie. I just, um, you know, you see stills that circulate around, and then I, I'd highly, just, I, I highly recommend it. It's really good. That's one thing. It's, yeah. That's one movie that's on my list of uh, I, I got to check out for for these purposes at least. Definitely do your research for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so if if a neurotypical person uh, tried to portray that character from What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Um, then, you know, that's, those, those are mannerisms that, that shouldn't be taken on artificially, in no. my opinion. No. Um, and there are plenty of other characters that, that you can portray that will not have those same issues where you're taking on stuff that's not yours. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, we got about a couple of minutes here. I guess the one way to end this podcast, um, starting with AJ, what is someone for those who you know, who who are on the spectrum with autism and everything, and are considering wanting to go to conventions and cosplay? What's 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 some advice? Good advice that you can give. Um, there are a couple things. Uh, make sure you have access to water and snacks. Um, if you can, um, if you think it'll be helpful for you, bring a buddy who knows what they're doing at the con. Um, and then try and scope out places to sit. Uh, they can be few and far between at cons, but uh, Oof, sitting is, is so helpful for me because I, I can just, I mean, it's just, you can't relax like that when you're standing up. Um, Another thing is try and understand as much as possible what you're getting into. Um, Not everyone, but a lot of autistic people have trouble in new situations, situations that are constantly changing or that can't be predicted. So the more you know about what to expect, uh, the easier time you'll likely have at con. And then also bring um earplugs or uh they've they've got newer ones that that are supposed to decrease but not block sound those can be really helpful um just so that you you can make a space for yourself if you need it and uh if you're going with a buddy uh ask them to check in on you because it's really easy to ignore my needs when I'm at a con. I can get really thirsty. I can get really hungry. I can get really sore. I can have a headache and not even know it. Um, and just having that physical check-in and that mental check-in um, can be really helpful to to deal with problems before they become big issues. Almost. Uh, I can't. I can't argue with that. That's that's some really good advice for those who are, you know, with autism, thinking about going to their first con. I, I really agree on the buddy system thing. Always have someone with you because if you go buy a con to yourself, there's a chance that you could have a panic attack and, you know, there are some people around that con that wouldn't know what to do. So having a friend who's aware is always a good thing. Um... Same question for uh, Bob. What kind of advice would you like to give for those who are, you know, who are, who are wanting to consider go, going to their first con and everything with autism? Um, I generally uh, uh, will, will first up uh, echo that, you know, bring along, go with a friend. Um, both the times that I went to uh, Rose City, I went by myself, but then I'm not that subject to panic attacks and other things where I have to have have somebody um, um, helping me out. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and uh, you know, remember to 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 mind your your self care. Research it ahead of time so you can kind of know what to expect. And that's a, that's a big rule for any new experience. Have an idea of, of what's going on so you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, and also be aware of. Um, um, and if you're going to to cosplay, 
try and fit those accommodations into your cosplay. Um, let your first cosplay costume be something that is physically comforting, comfortable to you. Um, if you have, um, um, if you have light issues, um, include sunglasses. If you have sound issues, include ear coverings or whatever would, whatever will uh, protect that. Um, um, that uh, you know, that that's in general. Like my that MIB con cosplay you have, you, know, you see those shades. Mm -hmm. um, those uh, I have a, a light sensitivity, and so that would kind of mitigates that. Um, if the lights are low, I'll take them off. See, well, I'm okay. Can I see okay with them? Am I having a problem without them? Um, I ended up keeping them on uh, all the time, except when I was uh, um, in the uh, in the big hall with the with the lit stage. Um, and if you're going to your very first con, uh, let day day one be a non-cosplay day. Uh, just go as yourself and definitely just. just Go as yourself and kind of get used to the environment and get used to what's going on. And I did do that in 13. And uh, Metaphorically uh, dip your toes in just to see what it's like, get a feel for it yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, just kind of just kind of get uh, get the, get used to it and, and get an idea of what's going on. And that um, that was that was very helpful to me, too. That's good. Um, same question for you, Eros. Uh, what kind of advice would you want to give for those who are considering on going to a convention or cosplaying the first time and what, you know, with autism and everything. I would say, I agree with everybody, what they said, I would say bring a friend through because that means you have someone who could keep you company if you need it. And they know your limit and they'll, if you can't have a friend with you, tell, tell yourself everything's going to be all right. If your brain doesn't believe that and it won't, then make sure you know where the nearest quiet room is. They usually have one in the convention center for in Emerald City, I believe. And I know SakuraCon has a manga library where I used to go to for decent stuff. Overall, just try to look for resources that help you. Like, I usually study a month before the con, or uh, I pack for the convention because I'm so excited. So I'm very list-based. <laughs> I'm like Twilight Sparkle when it comes to a list. I'm like, I need to make a list. <laughs> Definitely. And also, I'm sure you can all agree, always, like Eero said, always do your research for the con just so you can, you know, map out where everything's at just in case you need to go somewhere that's quiet. I'm sure you all can agree with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I, um, in uh, 2019, I was I wandered around the building and uh, um, I went through the main area. I think seven times over the first two days before it dawned on me that the reason I was getting lost when I left was because there were two doors. So I was going in one and out the other and uh -oh. getting lost. <laughs> oh my! And uh, so that yeah, yeah worked it out. So. Well, that's Something else that that I do uh, that that came to me as as everyone else was talking is that um, not everyone has this, but over time I've developed a mode of of uh, just being in my mind where things are going to be chaotic, and that is what I expect. And sometimes I can't prepare enough 
to um, to know what's going to happen. And so I just expect chaos. And if I expect chaos, then I'm fine when that happens to a certain degree. It's really exhausting to go into that mode, but sometimes it's what I need um, oh, to be able to handle an environment like Khan. I mean, to this day, I'm still mentally preparing myself for um, Komori Khan because it's from what I from the photos I've seen over the past few years. <laughs> And my, the biggest con I've gone to so far is SAC anime, but looking at Kamori Khan and everything, like, yeah, that's that's going to take a lot, because that, that's a lot more people and everything and a lot going on, so it's like, I feel like I really need to be prepared before going to such a big con such as Kamori, such as Kamori Khan. Um, real quick, any advice for someone who's never been to such a big con as Kamori Khan, who has, you know, kind of deals with the same thing as you guys do? I know with some conventions that I've been to, they're, they take place at a hotel, so because it's also autistic, then happy they're in hotels because you could just go back to the room and take a nap and I just do whatever I want to do. Because if something is too far away from the mountain, as he says, or like jokingly to me, he sometimes can get overwhelmed. So, so the two of us are just like, we're going to a convention hotel. You want to go with me? Okay. That works. Got you. Um, same question for AJ. Uh, any kind of... Anything I should expect from KamoriCon going for my first time eventually, hoping this year? Um, I mean, read up on the, on the events that you want to go to, if you can. Um, I know that as... As one of the volunteers for the ballroom, uh, not everyone knows about uh, the the dress code for for certain events, and it can be really really disappointing, especially when you didn't even think to look for something like that. Um, and I have other things to say on that, but, but for, I won't, uh, for I won't another for another bring time up here. Sure. Um, yep, but. Um, yeah, please understand that there is going to be chaos and there are going to be situations that you've never encountered before. Um, and as much as you can, um, try to embrace that, but also give yourself the leeway that you need uh, when when you know that it's, it's going to be hard to accept it. Got you. Again, um, thank you. And also, everyone else, uh, thank you for coming on here and I think talking about a subject that I think really needs, that really definitely needed to be discussed. Especially when, you know, COVID is over and everyone's considered on going back to con, either whether it be returning or going to their first con. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having us. Can I add the couple of things really quick. Go ahead. Topic of uh, artistic people, artistic characters I need to, I want to give. We, there were two actors that uh, um, deserve a shout out and we didn't get to mention them earlier just because the, they weren't uh, weren't pertinent to the specific part of the conversation. But Jessica Nicole on Fringe, who's uh, the parallel universe version of her character Astrid Farnsworth was on the spectrum. 
and she was absolutely delightful, which it helped a little bit that she has a sister who is um, autistic. And, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the fellow on Alphas. Ryan Cartwright played Gary Bell on the TV show Alphas, who is on the spectrum. And he got to do that uh, um, both uh, as an autistic fella and uh, also he's uh, English playing an American on an American show. So it was an excellent... It was an excellent portrayal, and it has my favorite comeback by an autistic character ever, where a bully calls him retarded, and he said, I'm not retarded, I'm autistic. You're retarded. <laughs> the other thing to, that I wanted to mention is, uh, and hopefully this will somehow get to somebody in charge at one of the big two comics, Marvel and DC, uh, the number of, we were talking about honest portrayals of autism, the number of honestly autistic characters in both the companies combined is zero. And that includes supporting cast. Really? Uh, Black Manta is said to have been autistic and then cured, but if there's a cure to autism, oh, then, no. they weren't, then, you know, that Do kind not. of spoils it. I'm, don't, yeah, I'm sorry, don't but there. there is, from what I've seen and heard and read, there is no cure. It is Never a different cure. is a different structuring of the brain. It's not and a so, disease. Yeah, well, it's a different structuring of the brain. It's, it is all it is. So you're not going to you're not. It's not something that can that can really be fixed. It can be um, the specific our specific challenges can be treated. So, but so Black Manta, if you, Black Manta was autistic and cured, he wasn't autistic, and that's uh, been no. that's been that's an offense been done several times. So the only honestly autistic character that the that they've ever had has been Johnny Two of Psy Force and that hasn't been published since the 90s. So please let's you you know if you're gonna give us you know you, you there's been a lot of talk lately about representation and inclusion and we would like to be a part of that too. Well, um, bring back Psy Force, uh give one of the give somebody in the uh give somebody in your company a supporting character who is on the spectrum or something um it would give it would give people like us that. to it would give people you know who do like especially kids who are younger it would give them someone to look up to yeah that's exactly mm -hmm. what's been being said about um kamala khan about uh, t'challa even about uh, every every minority character who's being come through about all the lgbt lgbt Q characters and so let's do the same thing for definitely uh, definitely a, a definitely first a non-related uh cosplay con talk podcast yeah it, that, would, that, that that that's something i like uh, that's something i would like later later on like to discuss is you know come yeah, come up with characters in oh no thank you no, i touch on that right now i appreciate it no thank you more in depth later yeah. oh no definitely again I, again everyone you know, thank you for coming on. And to those out there who, you know, are on the spectrum, you are not alone. Just know that. Like, there are people out there that you can talk to and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even if you don't have people around you immediately who understand, I, I promise there are other people who do. Definitely. And you can even try and find one of us. Yeah. Exactly. And... Like I said, you know, hopefully this, for those who are listening to this, this helped. I really want to give a big shout out to AJ McConnell, a.k.a. Solstice Cosplay, 
Bob Greenway, also known as the One-Eyed Cosplayer, and Eero Senpai. And you, Wayne. <laughs> hey yo. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. You didn't think yeah, you didn't think I would get to an entire interview with I was I was I was hoping. I was hoping. Again, everyone <laughs> impression somewhere. <laughs> again, everyone. I'm Wayne the Unknown here. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne the Unknown here. Thank you for listening, and until next time, thank you for watching. <laughs>